Blog Talk Radio. This is Jay Lethal, the undisputed champion of the wrestling world. This is John Sullivan. It's Babs Ayagbusi. Michael Thompson talking. It's the phenomenal AJ Styles. This is Jerry Rose. Charles Johnson. Psycho Killer, Kamasa Champa. This is Matt Blair. Thank you for listening to Sportscast Radio. Sportscast Radio. Welcome to Sportscast Radio. Oh, I love it. Oh, yeah, get it, right? <laughs> we are back. 2023 is kicked off. Sports Cancer Radio coming back at you. We are excited as Luke's back with me here as we are going to be extensive NFL heavy like we have the last couple of years, getting up to that draft and then our team previews as I know it's only uh, January 11th, but me and Luke already got a 18-pick mock draft <laughs> coming up. That's right. Yeah. Um, obsession with the draft is an understatement, but we're excited. We got we got our awards: uh, offensive, defensive player of the year, rookie of the year, improved coach, and of course the MVP. Seven awards to give you what we think of the regular season. Uh, we have, as we said, our mock drafts coming up later. We got our NFL picks for this weekend. We got some three strikes. I got our Uber facts in the back pocket, depending what time has for us. It's gonna be a lot of fun, but damn it. It's good to be back, Luke. How you doing? Good. How are you, good sir? I am. I am well. I'm excited. Uh, WrestleCast has been rocking and rolling the last couple weeks, as we are going to get into award season with uh, WrestleCast as well, which you can check us out. Don't have it. We're trying to get back to just doing Mondays, but real life is real life, and we just kind of jump on. We're, we'll be on tomorrow night because we got to talk about a bunch of stuff. But our awards, we got about 19 categories every year that we go through. Top five, top ten in each one, and uh, I'm excited, man. I'm I'm excited to get those awards out, but I'm excited to go through all these NFL lists, man. I'm looking at this piece of paper. I guess it's more of a word pad on my computer, but I got everything ah. written down, man. I got I got the the three strikes ready. I got the awards. I got some. I got a good Uber facts tonight. Um, you'll have to let me know who we want to play some Uber facts with. You can you can pick it or. We'll close the show. We'll close the show. I'll just have me and you run it. But uh, we are going to be getting into in just a couple minutes. Joe Spinoza coming on, kicking things off as we should. The Minnesota Vikings, and I got to ask you, Luke, here as we uh, have a couple minutes. What was your take on the 2022 Vikings season? 2022-2023, I guess. Like like me and you have talked all year. We can only go as far. As Kirko Chains and Jay Jettis will carry <laughs> us. All right. Our defense is horrible. Yeah. Delvin Cook looked like there was something wrong where he was out this year half the time. Offensive line injuries. So I'm hoping this weekend is not just an utter failure. <laughs> it's it's one of those things where I saw I, – I, I wish I could remember where to give, give credit, but they had said – Either we're going to win the Super Bowl in the in a more miraculous way than the than the Minneapolis miracle was, or the Bills game or the Colts game, or we're going to get drastically destroyed week uh, in the wild card round. 
I would agree with that. I remember seeing, I think it was someone on Twitter, but I forgot who it was. But yes, that that is how I feel as well. It is either, I, I just feel like we're not just going to like lead and win. It's either we're just going to get blown out and we're just going to be like, <laughs> damn defense. Or it's going to be like, <laughs> comeback after comeback after comeback. I'm, I'm intrigued. Uh, that's why I'm, I'm glad to to kick off the 2023 year on Sportscast here doing our hometown Minnesota Vikings. And with that being said, we got to bring on a one and only Joe Spinoza. What's going on, my dude? Hey, uh, thanks for having me. It's been Hell, quite an eventful season since we've last talked. <laughs> yeah, it has. You know what I said? Uh, you know, we, we were in the, the boardroom there, and, and I said, well, we got to bring Joe on first. Because there's one man who stood there and screamed out the window like I, like uh, I did a lot. And Luke, Luke, to his credit, too, if you keep this man standing up, Kirko will lead us to the promised land. And damn it, Kirk Cousins did it, man. I mean, can we, can we say I told you so, Joe? Yeah. Um, I, I like to claim vindication. And it's funny because statistically, this is not even – Kirk's best season or even kind of close to it. I think last year he was better. And if you were paying attention and not just blindly following all the, you know, garbage narratives, you would know that, you know, he's been this guy. I would say probably since 2019, if not since the bye week in 2020, he's been a top five, six quarterback in football during that time span. It's it's been so exciting and so much of a ha-ha, I told you this was going to happen, makes me ecstatic. And I, I want to lead off with this first question. As, as normal, you know, we're going to flip me and Luke will flip back and forth and have some fun with you. But I got I to gotta start out with it. Do we have enough to at least beat the Giants on Sunday? Oh, sorry, can you repeat that? I'm having a little connectivity issues. You cut out oh, no, one second. Good. Yeah, yeah, no problem, no um, problem. Uh, what about the Giants? I, I you're asking, are the Vikings going to beat the Giants? Yeah, my question is, do we have, we have enough at least to just get past the first one? <laughs> I think you do. I'm not as confident as a, a 13-4 and four team should be going up against a 9-6-1 and one team. And it's it's very interesting because it, for all the criticism the Vikings get, it's not like they're going up against a wild card the way San Fran was last year. Uh, you know, you always have one of those wild card teams like the Bucks were in 2020, one of those teams where it's like, yeah, they might not have won their division. They might have started off slow, but they're, they're a wagon. Like, no, that's not the Giants. They actually started off hot, kind of faltered, and the NFC was kind of, you know, garbage, and Green Bay and Detroit didn't, you know, was too little too late. So – the Giants aren't a world beater. I think the Vikings win, but I'm not as confident as I should be because uh, you never know with this team. <laughs> I'm with you 100%. I am not sold. Ryan is. Ryan's Kirko chains over here. We're in the chains. But what is the title, damn it? <laughs> <laughs> um, to kind of feed off of what Ryan said about should we be worried about the Giants, do you think – this team in the it's it's in their head that this is a trap game. I, the Giants are nine and seven, I believe, like you said, um, and we're thirteen and four. I mean, do you think the team's going to overlook this Giants team? No, no, no chance, no chance. Because a, it's a playoff game, so 
if, if, if there's a such thing as a trap game in the playoffs, then shame on you. Um, for those who don't know, I'm from Boston. I grew up a Patriots fan. I still am, even though I'm disgusted. But uh, every year the Patriots would have a game way easier than this, whether it be the Tim Tebow Broncos, uh, the um, Brock Osweiler Texans. Every year it was, like, really, really bad in the first round, which is why Brady was able to make so many Super Bowls. But, but none of those games, not a trap game, no. Like, how can, it, how can it be a trap game in the A in the playoffs and B when you're only a three-point favorite? Like, I, I think they're going to come ready for this game. Because they, they know, like, you know, they're closer to the Giants than they are to the Chiefs or the Bills or the Eagles or the Niners. And that's what the betting odds say. So they're not going to overlook the Giants. You know, you know, the one thing I look at, too, is with, with our horrific – just horrific secondary. You look at Christmas Eve when, aside from that Isaiah Hodgins pass that he got in the first or second quarter, we, I mean, we let up yards, but we didn't let Daniel Jones do anything to us. You know, we did have that, you know, Jefferson scores in three minutes, a minute later, Saquon scores and ties it. And now we got to go to Greg Joseph. Please God, don't let that happen again, even though he's been pretty good. Uh, to win the game. So the three points thing does seem kind of a uh uh-oh number to me and scares me. Is this something where this team's going to try to come out and actually slang that ball a lot more? Even though, I mean, Jones did throw it 42 times, but try to really pound it into the end zone? Or are they going to try to bring Barkley back again and see if they can get him over 100? I I think Dayball and what what makes good coaches, good coaches and great coaches, great coaches, which I think Dayball's good right now. He hasn't Obviously, year one, you can't become great. Uh, it's just having that flexibility and kind of seeing what the defense gives you. Um, the Vikings defense, unfortunately, they're, they can't even take away – like a lot of defenses, you're not, you know you're not going to stop everything, but you focus on one thing. The Vikings can't really do that even, but I think they're going to see if, if they're going complete off coverage, you know, no blitz, then maybe you run it more um, and you take the short underneath passes. Uh, you kind of just see how – Everything is going, but it, I, you know me. I'm uh, active on Twitter. I'm in the spaces, and people laud this performance that the Vikings had against the Giants. It's like Daniel yeah. Jones threw like 350 yards. They put up 24 points, which I know for the Vikings is like you know that's a miracle only giving up 24, <laughs> but that's still like a good amount of points. And also, like I want to give credit to Brian Osamoa, but like. Getting a peanut punch on uh, Daniel Bellinger in your own territory near the red zone, like, they got pretty much into your red zone through the fumble and the pick, like, five times that game. It's not sustainable. Like, turnovers are the part of a defense that don't really they're, – they're not as conducive for the playoffs. Um, so, I, I don't know what the Giants are going to do, but I know they're going to be more successful than they would be against any other playoff team because that's what the Vikings defense does. It just makes you look way better than you are. I agree, 100%. I remember texting Ryan, like, every game, and I was like, our defense sucks, we're going to lose. <laughs> um, but my my question for you is, is 11 of our victories out of the 13 this year were one-score victories. Should we expect to see the same this weekend against the Giants? I see no reason why you wouldn't. The Vikings... One thing I'll say, and I guess, like, it was, like, considered a criticism of Kirk. It's, like, very rarely you can think of maybe a few times, like, everyone remembers that Bill's nightmare in 2018. But very rarely do 
does do Kirk teams or the Vikings in general, like in general, lose games where they're favored? And that's been the case this year. I think they're they're thirteen and zero in games that they um, were favored, and even if it was by a little. So the, everything points to this being a very close game. I I would say I'm seventy five percent confident, but that's not you know as like like I am with um, San Fran over Seattle or Buffalo over Miami. But I think it'll be a close game, and I think the Vikings pull it out. Um, you know, you mentioned last time, too, the, the big yards difference. Giants had 445 total. We had 353. Both teams did have 23 first downs, and there was only 47 seconds difference of splitting the possession or possession time. But big takeaway I had was Giants had two turnovers. Vikings had zero. In a playoff game, if they're going to take all the turnovers and we don't get anything, is that going to bite us in the ass this time? Yeah, of course. Like, the, the Vikings aren't good enough to, like, play sloppy football and win. Um, like, it, it just, it's so crazy, too, especially on defense. You're getting really good years from Daniil Hunter, Darius Smith, mm-hmm. Harrison Smith, Patrick Peterson. Like, I told you coming into the, the year that all those guys would be healthy and playing at Pro Bowl, borderline all-pro levels. You would think, okay, like, this defense is pretty good. Like, you've been extremely healthy other than, like, four games absence from Dalvin Tomlinson. No one's really gotten hurt. You're getting contributions across the board, and yet it's still garbage. Um, so, yeah, if turnovers swing the other way, like, I don't think the Giants are good enough to truly pummel the Vikings, but the Vikings aren't good enough to uh, win the game if they're – especially if more than one turnover in the red, you know, in the turnover differential. No, the Vikings cannot afford that. They have to play a clean game. They got to hope that one of the Giants coughs it up. And Luke, real quick, I just got to give him a follow up because that was a great answer that I wanted to jump on before we get back to the game. Is this just a defensive coordinator problem then? Because I'm with you. You look at that roster and what they've done, and we still are having this much trouble. Is this just we got an idiot behind the clipboard? It's pretty much with anything, especially in football, you have 11 guys on the field at all times, 15 guys in the rotation, another you know, dozen coaches. You can't pin it on one guy. I um, think that he bears a lot of the responsibility. But in many ways, I kind of just say, like, these guys are veterans. Like, the entire defense is, mm-hmm. like, pedigreed veterans, not just journeyman veterans. You're talking guys who are, you know, either locks for Canton or have at least, you know, they can argue that they belong in Canton or at least all pro, you know, like super high-level players all, at all three levels. And I'm just wondering, it's like, why hasn't there been some sort of mutiny? Like, you know, going back to my Patriots, you see even Mac Jones in his second year pretty much saying F off to Matt Patricia, like, I'm going to do it my way on the field. And I'm just shocked that you don't see it from this defense. But I think everyone deserves blame. It's lazy to pin it on all on Donatel. I think he's bad. But – it's uh, everyone deserves blame. Um, well, and think of the Lions game that 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 first liar, the Lions, not the last one, but the one before it, where the first play, Jamison Williams is standing there, and there's not anyone within like half a football field near the guy. Like, what is what are you doing? Like, <laughs> I just don't understand that. If How I do you not have first to know? Oh, what's that? I said they probably thought he couldn't walk still. <laughs> it's just like. Somebody, 
why don't you have first? I don't know. I'm I'm getting heated already. And this is the first. I don't blame you. And it's, <laughs> like if that was a one-off thing, it's like you can live with that. Teams have miscommunications all the time. But the problem is like I go back to that Philly game week two, and mm-hmm. Philly only scored. 24 points because very similarly to what the Vikings did against the Packers week one, they kind of shut down the offense knowing that they were in control. But it's like you allow Hurts to run all over you. You allow Hurts to complete quick passes. And then you allow the backbreaker to Quez Watkins for like 70 yards. It's like you're not even shutting down the one thing, the explosive play. Like you're not even doing that right. So it's like, well, what good are you? Like what, what use do you have if you can't even stop that? <laughs> Freeze. I can't breathe. <laughs> it's true, though. It's just driving it is. Nuts. It's very but, true. That's why I was like, I just got to ask this follow-up quick. Because it just, like, get your personnel in place or get mad at somebody. Like, choose somebody out. Get somebody pissed where they want to play hard. Like, Dan Green someone. <laughs> but it's, the, the problem is it's not like you're a young team. Like, that defense, again, especially, like, the only one, like, Cam Dancer's not even playing at this point. You're going to yell at, you know, Duke Shelley, who was poached off the Bears practice squad, who's been really good. Like, you know, who are you going to yell at? I mean, yeah. I, I guess, like, the only – from a personnel standpoint, it's like Cam Bynum has been a weak link, and then, I'm sorry, Eric Kendricks has joined Dalvin Cook and Adam Thielen and just, like, completely washed Bill. And, you know, they're not viable – you know, every down players in the NFL anymore. So I guess mm-hmm. like the linebacking core, when you because you switch to a three-four, which means you really only have two linebackers roaming because their outside linebackers are mainly pass rushers, and you can't have two guys in their thirties who aren't fast. You know, doing that. But other than that, like every level, like the D line, like they've been good. The this like the individuals in the secondary, other than Bynum, have been good. So it's like you really can't even choose someone out. Like. It's it's really confusing that they're this bad. Maybe it's a scheme. <laughs> a lot of it is. A lot of it is a scheme. But the players still got to be better because other teams use this scheme with less talent. And granted, they're not good. I think teams have caught on to it. But they haven't been, like, literally the worst defense in football. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, my question's kind of long, so I apologize. Bringing up off season. I know we're not there yet. We're in the playoffs, finally. But there's a lot of teams, veterans, like you've mentioned, on this team that are bound to make a lot of money next year. Do you think this postseason and even this weekend's game is kind of a bid that they're bidding to stay on this team? you got Harrison Smith, who's aging, who's making like $20 million next year. Adam Steelen, I think Eric Kendricks is up there. Zadarius Smith, all of them. Is this like a tryout period for this new coaching staff who's trying to build their team? for these veterans that have been here for a while? Oh, I mean, I'm a big off-season guy. That's that's my, you know, cup of tea. Um, so I'll just say there are a few guys, like Dalvin Cook, you didn't mention him because I think it's a foregone conclusion. He's gone. Um, Thielen, if he needs to take a drastic pay cut, like real money, no restructure. You're not moving any money down the road. Like Adam Thielen needs to take about – an $8 million pay cut. And if he does it, then he has to go. Eric Kendricks, he has to go. And, like, I think, like, I think the front office has pretty much made up their mind because, like, unless you're a completely emotionally attached fan, which we know Quasi is not, like, there's no 
reasonable justification you can give for keeping uh, Thielen, Cooks, and Kendricks. Eric, um, Harrison Smith's um, a little bit more tricky because he does have a good amount of dead money, and he's still like, a really good player. Like, and you'd have a hard time replacing him. Those other three guys I mentioned, you can go out and find a guy in the middle of the draft or get a, someone in free agency for half the price, and you can you know, replace them. Harrison Smith, not so much. But I think that there are a lot of guys who have been with the Vikings for a long time who will be gone, and you can't make a rational justification for keeping them. You know, I'm glad Delvin got brought up. You retweeted something that I saw earlier today about the total rushing yards overexpected. Uh, I, I assume I know what this whole thing meant, but do you want to just kind of bring up your point? You, you essentially were able to pull up with that graph about what Delvin Cook lacked? Yeah, so um, Tej Seth does great work. Um, he created, like, a, a rushing model. And it, it has nothing to do with – I think a lot of people were confused thinking it was preseason ex- expectation and, like, saying, well, Dalvin Cook, you know, has, has been a great running back, so he was expected to get 1,500 yards and only got 1,100. That's, that's not how it works. On a play-by-play basis, um, you take different variables, such as, like, player tracking data – where you are on the field, what type of run it is, zone run, gap run, the quality of your offensive line, the yards before contact, all of these um, variables go in, and they say, like, okay, the league average um, would expect, you know, a third and, or, you know, a third and two run from the, from the 48-yard line, you know, with this offensive line, with this amount of yards before contact, would expect to gain four yards. He only got one yard. That's three yards less than you would expect. You know, given all of those variables, so um, like it's and you usually see because it's very rare to have a running back get a eighty percent of his team's carries and be efficient. Um, and it's like it's Dalvin at the bottom, then like Leonard Fournette, Najee Harris. So Dalvin Cook is is a slightly below average back when he's on the field, but his volume brings him up to an average back because he is out there. But he's he's not good. I mean, he has two, three plays this year, which were fantastic. Other than that, he's been useless. That's right. Useless. I mean, useless useless to the point, it's like these guys are in the NFL. They're obviously talented. But I'm saying that you could go in free agency, sign a guy for two, three million bucks, or draft a guy in the fourth round, and they will give you the exact same production. And he's not a difference maker. Like, people talk about, oh, well, they have Justin Jefferson. Yep. Oh, they have Dalvin Cook. No, what? That's like saying, oh, the Cowboys have Zeke. Like, that's my comp for him. He's Zeke. Slightly different run style. Zeke's a bit more power. Dalvin's more of that outside zone. Jump, like, you know, jump, cut, and go. But, like, in terms of quality of player, that's, where, that's what he is. Damn. You just got yeah, paired Dalvin I'll- Cook to Zeke. <laughs> and, and that's why I was I was looking at that chart and I was like I definitely want to ask because that's kind of what I was I assumed it was more than just kind of what you just you said it wasn't that's why it really intrigued me but uh, it's good info on that man because that's a that's a it was it was intriguing to see especially when he was sitting at the bottom of it you know what I mean well the year they paid him I was a firm firm person. I said they should just let him walk and just keep Alexander Madison. He does the same shit <laughs> for a cheaper price. <laughs> it's it wouldn't, and that's why too. Like you look at it, 
you know, especially now with the NFL draft, that's why I think you're not seeing all these all these running backs go. Like I I was in love with, with the Cardinals getting Bijan Robinson this year. But now that the Cardinals have a third pick, I'm like, well, they're probably not going to get him because you, you can't take him at three. Bro, they're trading Kyler Murray. Sorry to let you know. Oh, man, don't say that. i got to retire going, two Cardinals jerseys in one year. They're going to. They're going to oh. trade him. They just fired his boy, Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah. And, and oh, no, they, they, can't, they can't do that. Even if they wanted to. I feel like $150 million dead. <laughs> Damn, never mind. They're not trading their stuff with his ass forever. <laughs> Luke, what you got? Yeah, it's so fun. Like, you know, because I always have to bring it back to, to my guy, Kirk. You know, you look at these quarterback contracts, uh, the, like Kyler Murray, Dak, all these guys who keep coming into the year said were better than Kirk. Like, Kirk Cousins making $35 million a year. I see people saying, when you're making the big bucks, you got to deliver. It's like, yeah, $35 million to a normal person, ton of money. Then by NFL standards, he's 11th highest paid. And then after uh, you know, Burrow and Herbert signed their deals this offseason and Lamar, he's going to be like 14th. So, mm-hmm. like, this contract is fantastic. And then be on the Dalvin front, I think, like, it ha- he had to become this bad for fans to start to admit it. But it's so funny. You still have people, like, trying to go to that those two plays, the run versus Buffalo and the screen pass against um, Indianapolis to justify Dalvin Cook still being an elite player. And it's the exact opposite with Kirk. It's like you, people have to go to, like, one or two bad games or bad throws to try to justify that Kirk isn't good when, like, 90% of his body of work is fantastic. And, and, and to everybody who freaks out about the salary with us at $34 million, let's not forget if, he, if there's no out next year, Derek Carr makes $1 million less than that. I'd much rather have Kirk Cousins for $1 million extra dollars. Kirk O'Kane, baby. <laughs> Just saying, you know. But <laughs> I know, I know it's early to talk, but I am intrigued. What do you want this team to do in the draft this year? Oh, they have, they have to go wide receiver. Um, and I think that the way this class is, because um, you also have to consider it like with free agency, this is, is an extremely poor. Um, wide receiver free agent class and you can't go into next season with um, the receiving core you have. Like Thielen statistically I test Adam Thielen is like with like Josh Palmer and Matt Collins in terms of guys who are just out there and playing a high pass like high volume pass offense but they are just not producing um, and that's the level of player Adam Thielen is at this point and I think the eye test shows and I'm seeing a lot of KJ Osborne love like, it was, he was stuck at the bottom with A.J. Green for the entire season until he, like, went off for literally, like, one half against Indy and one half against um, Chicago. Like, 40, you know, 42% of his yards, and it's not like he had a ton of yards, 650, but 42% of those came against uh, Indy and then just the last week against Chicago. And he has been one of the worst receivers in football in 15 out of 17 games. So – you got to go receiver. Long story short, you got to go receiver. Um, and then hopefully someone, you're not going to get a Quentin Johnson or Jordan Addison, but you could go and get like a Zay Flowers. Jackson Jigba. Or a, yeah, Jackson. I, I, I haven't done a true deep dive into all these guys. I'm trying to, you know, I'm not huge into college football, so I'm doing statistical stuff. But, you know, find a guy, lock in on it. I'll trust Quasey this time around to not mess it up and just take uh, a receiver there. Oh, you mean a. Trade our pick to the Detroit oh. Lions for nothing. 
Oh, I I don't do I have I wonder if I have that saved. Oh my God! So we we looked at everything that we traded and everything that we got. And if you go according to the official NFL draft board, our our stock that we gave up was twenty nine hundred and thirteen points, and we got back seventeen hundred and forty six. It was like the equivalent of trading the twelfth pick for the two hundred and twenty third pick with the with the just terrible trading back we did. I I cannot fathom that still. That I don't know. To me, I just I don't I don't understand how any of those trades made any sense. Especially when half the time we just took said said draft pick that we got and then just reshipped it. I yeah, mean, um, I, I can't do that I, again. No, of course. I I just think Quasey outsmarted himself. First time on That's the job. That's a good way to look at it. And and also <coughs> he um. Because this class, it wasn't like this 2022 class is not very good, at least at the time. You know, guys always like pop up, like a Tariq Woolen, who like yeah. had like showed signs with his athletic profile, but he was still like he was not never going to be you know a top 40, 50 pick. So you, it's a lot easier to say, hey, listen, yeah, I messed up with the 32nd pick, but you know I got value with 59 and 66 and whatever than it is to like have one first rounder, not feel confident. And it's like, Oh wow. Look at you. You have the 12th pick and you blew it. So, but it was, we, it was just, bad value. For all what, we could have had we, Kyle we, Hamilton. Yeah. That, that, that's exactly what I was going to say is, or we could have just took Kyle Hamilton and it would have made a wonder on our past defense because he did fine in Baltimore. Like that, that, that when you said outsmarted himself, I think is the best answer because that's exactly what that is to me. When you had a sure shot, replacement in a couple of years for Harrison Smith, who could play alongside of him too right now. And you didn't take him. Yeah. I just don't know. I don't know how long you want to go on this, but just quickly with Lewis team, it's very unfortunate. He broke his leg, but that was week four. And Lewis team was not drafted as a project. Andrew Booth kind of was, he had injury issues. That's why he fell. He was, I think one of the youngest prospects in the draft. Seen wasn't seen played on, the greatest college defense arguably ever was considered a smart guy, like the quarterback of that defense with N'Kobe Dean, NFL ready. And week two, you're playing Detroit at home. Harrison Smith is out. And not only does he not start over Josh Bertellis, he doesn't get like a single snap. So what, why is your first round pick not seeing the field with mm-hmm. your starting safety out? Like that just shows they had no trust in him. Yeah, that's, that's, that's very fair. Like that's very fair. Um, yeah, no, you're right. I mean, we could, we could get this draft talk. I mean, this, this is a never, ending and obviously we, you know, we're going to get You, you would have thought we got eliminated last week, like Green Bay. <laughs> Bro, I'm just excited. You said Jackson Smith and Jigba. That's, that's my boy. <laughs> so I, I gotta, I gotta ask you this to, to close out because it's what everyone's going to want to know and everyone's got to feel or questions about, and this is kind of where I've said, and I, and I want to know, your true feelings, kind of a two-ended question. How far do you think we can realistically go this playoffs? And are you on the same boat as either we're going to win the Super Bowl in the most miraculous thing that ever, even more miraculous than the Minneapolis Miracle, or is this team just going to get spanked and be done Sunday? I, I feel like there's no other outcome. I, I disagree. Um, I mean, again, it is the NFL, and 
the Vikings do have enough high-level talent. Like, when you have, in my opinion, I have Kirk as a top-five quarterback this year. Maybe that's aggressive. But he's at the – if you say he's not top ten, especially this year, then you're just like a ridiculous hater. So when you have a top eight, ten quarterback, the best receiver in football, and Hawkinson, and then the talent you do have on defense, if like they are to say we're going to be more aggressive, like if Patrick Peterson, Darius, we're going to turn it up. Uh, you know, these games, like anything can happen. And you also can lose to the Giants. But I am 80% sure that you're going to have a close win against um, the Giants. Then you're going to get your ass completely whooped by San Fran. And it's pretty much going to be it's, – it's, it's going to be deja vu of 2019, except, like, instead of going into the Superdome and, you know, kind of knocking Drew Brees off his pedestal. Because after that, he had one last year, and he was not that good. Um, other than doing that and winning as, like, 10-point underdogs, you're going to win as three-point favorites at home, and then you're going to go to San Fran and lose. That's why, like, people were saying, oh, the two-seed wasn't that important. Like, we'd rather play the Giants that potentially face the Lions in Green Bay or, or Green Bay. Well, both those teams lost. You'd be facing Seattle. But also, it's like, I don't care. Like, those are, like, whether it's any of those teams, you're at home, you should win the wild card. Playing the Giants, not the Giants, the Niners at U.S. Bank Stadium was your only realistic shot, I think, to beating them. But uh, it's going to be a three-point win wild card and then a 20-point loss in the divisional. <laughs> fucking Brock Purdy. <laughs> Brock Purdy seven and zero. The quarterbacks don't matter as much as people think. Like, would you have? I mean, that that offense is so high powered too. Like, it it doesn't matter who they throw in there. I mean, they just run a perfect system, unlike the Vikings defense. <laughs> oh. It's so frustrating, but we'll see what happens come Sunday. Joe, I, I'm so glad we got to have you come on to kick things off as our first first guest as we dabble into all of this playoffs. Go ahead and plug everything you got once you can find all of our new listeners that we got so they know where to read you. Oh, yeah. I'm at Real Joe Spinoza on Twitter. I'm a little bit of a uh, you know, uh, controversial thing. I think 85% of people in a poll said I should be kicked from Vikings Twitter. So uh, just letting you guys know where that stands. But, yeah, head over, follow me. I tweet stats and some hot takes and always showing support for Kirk. But, you know, listen, I'm I'm pulling for the Vikings. Obviously, I'm pulling for Kirk. And I hope they go out and win the Super Bowl. But uh, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. And and if if you ever get kicked off that that island into that boat, you know, we'll be be in there with with a couple microphones because we're jocking with you. So (laughs) they can suck it. All right, thanks, Joe. Good having him on there. Joe Spinoza coming in, chatting it up here. We got about 10 minutes. So Carlos Sanchez comes on from blackandteal.com. Talking about the Jaguars, one of our more controversial ones, is we've had him on two years in a row to discuss what the hell this team is going to do with the first pick. We said we'll probably see you next year talking the first pick. And we're going to talk to him about the playoffs, Luke. Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm excited. With that being said, why don't we why don't we get into our our picks for for the playoffs? Let's um, we got six games Saturday three thirty. San Fran takes on Seattle. Is this uh, is this a no brainer? Is this San Fran all the way? Uh, yes, unfortunately. <laughs> yes, I mean, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Saturday night, Chargers 
taking on the division-winning Jacksonville Jaguars. Who you got? I I like Jacksonville at home. I am saying Duval's taking this game, too. Give me the Jaguars, baby. I'm going to two division winners on Saturday get the job done. Sunday, noon o'clock, Miami taking on Buffalo. Tua, Josh Allen. Tua's not He's, playing. They announced oh it yeah, today. Oh, yeah, Tua is out. That's right. I, it's, I, did, it's I did see they were going to do that, and I didn't see the official ruling. Yep, it, there we go. Prep Thompson the, to start. I just saw it. Yep. The, the Bills. For, for yeah. the Marhamlin, baby. Give me the give me the bills. Give me the mic. Give me the bills. Uh, and then we go Sunday, three thirty, US Bank Stadium, undefeated at home, Minnesota Vikings taking on the New York Football Giants. Who went nine seven and one? Who you got? Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> I just Our have this feeling. Team. I just have this feeling, man, <laughs> that the Giants <laughs> are gonna come in. <laughs> And just fucking murder us. <laughs> like, we're going to lose like 38 to 3 or something. I hate you so much. Danny Dimes is going to look like Peyton Manning. <laughs> Are you going Giants? Yes. Oh. I don't Ooh. want to, but <laughs> it's just our defense is. Cut that bitch off! Our defense is so bad. I'll be the first to admit when I'm wrong. Like, if the Vikings win next week, I'll go, I was wrong. You were right. I'm gonna, but, when, the, when, the, when the Vikings beat the Giants handedly this Sunday, I'm going to call you at about 6.30, 7 o'clock again and say, I don't ever want you to cheer for this team again. No, I'll still cheer for them, but the de- no. the defense has given me no reason to believe that <laughs> they're not gonna let people score. <laughs> I, I, our last two games, our leading rusher Alexander Madison with fifty-four and thirty-eight yards. God, yeah, our last two games. Just want to point that out. Um, which then takes us Sunday Night Football, Cincinnati taking on what looks to be. Non Lamar, Baltimore Ravens. I got Cincy. I got Cincy too. It, you know what? And if I'm Baltimore, I am instantly regretting not paying Jackson because if you're Lamar, what reason do you have to come come up and try to try to play? Dude, I'm telling you, he's not gonna play, and the Lions are gonna go all in. You heard it first on Sportscast Radio from Luke. That's my name. <laughs> Lamar Jackson will be a Detroit Lion next year. See, here's my only. Okay, let me let, let's let's do the last game and then we'll then we'll go to it. Uh, Tampa Bay Monday Night Football hosting the Dallas Cowboys. I'm telling. I told you earlier. Tom Brady is gonna win the fucking Super Bowl. I know at eight ninety he's gonna win, and then I'm never gonna watch football again. Uh, he's gonna he's gonna look at his teammates and be like, Giselle, who? <laughs> well, I mean it's. If anyone's got got something to prove, and you know, you look at Dallas, those the kind of the way that that schedule kind of kind of panned out. Their defense started falling apart. They played terrible against Washington. Yeah. They had that Jags loss. They let you know thirty four to. They beat Philly, but it's still thirty four. They let up. 
that that Texans game where they went up twenty three points. Like yeah, and Dallas has never beat Tom Brady. Fun fact of the day for everyone. Uh, I'm going to agree. So we're we're taking all of the all of the home all the favorites except for you're not taking our hometown Vikings. I'm not. I just I can't do it. The only non home team you have is the team that's traveling to our state. <laughs> yeah, you are a real. Oh man, you're you're, yeah. you're one of these, Luke. You're a cock. And I'm going to say that Lamar Jackson will not be a Detroit Lion because they are going to go all in with Jared Goff next year. They are not. <laughs> he did just fine I, this year. He did, but I just, I don't know. Maybe not. Although Lamar would look sick in that, like, New York Jets green, just saying. Oh, there he, that's kind of, that's something we can talk about. But uh, getting into that, he, he is, He's with us. We're going to jump in early and get this thing going. Carlos, how we doing, my dude? Can you hear me, guys? Yes, sir. Uh, oh, I'm doing great, guys. Uh, looking forward to talking to you. Oh, man. We uh, we were just talking right before you got on with us that uh, we talked to you two years in a row to discuss the number one pick, and we assumed three straight years we'd have you on to talk about the number one pick, and then... Jacksonville wins the division. <laughs> Talk about a swing. How exciting has it got to be that this team literally, literally two years straight went from the bottom to here in the playoffs now? Started from the bottom, now we're here. I mean, well, I think from an outsider's perspective, it's always good to see the team you're covering win. Like, after a while, you get tired of seeing them lose, like, so much. And then out of nowhere, they start winning. I think uh, whether you, you root for the team or not, I mean, it gets you hyped up. So, yeah, I'm totally excited about it. All the things they've done this year, I think, um, yeah, you mentioned it, that winning the division was great, making the playoffs, finishing 9-8. and eight. I, I really thought that they were going to be able to finish 9-8 and eight based on potential. I, as a matter of fact, that was my prediction before the season, 9-8. and eight. But uh, there, there, there were so many variables, uh, like uh, the, their free agency class had to pan out. Trevor Lawrence had to make a leap. Like, all those kind of things. Also, all, It also helped that the AFC South wasn't in the best shape this season. <laughs> I mean, think about it. Had the Titans not lost seven games in a row, I'm sorry, six games in a row, the Jaguars wouldn't have been uh, in the position to to win the division. So, I mean, many things have to go their way. And the thing, too, I mean, like, against the Cowboys, against the the Titans uh, in the season finale, they were, in, uh, they were in fluke plays. I don't think they were fluke. But uh, at the same time, had... I mean, they had to win at the last minute, so so again, many things had to go their way. But but, but it's really exciting. I I think, uh, I, and also there there there's the fact that they were an underdog. Like everybody is going to root for for that Cinderella story from last to first, right? So I think, uh, yeah, it's it's fun to watch the Jaguars this season. Sorry, I'm here. I was on mute. My bad, everyone. <laughs> 
So this weekend, your Jaguars take on the Chargers, where we'll see Trevor Lawrence versus Justin Herbert, both making their postseason debut. Do you think Justin, not just, do you think Trevor Lawrence can keep up with Justin Herbert and those two big weapons in Keenan Allen and Mike Williams? Well, I think I think he does. I mean, I mean, uh, at the end of the year, uh, the Jaguars didn't rely so much on uh, on Trevor Lawrence. But he showed the capacity to keep up with with good offenses. The Cowboys, yes, Rayshon Jenkins won the game, but Trevor Lawrence was clutch in the in the, in the very last drive. So, so I think uh, from I believe it was like from week nine to week fifteen, more or less. Yes, he threw for fourteen touchdowns and just one interception. I mean, he was on fire. He was like one. I don't think he was the top three, more like top five, top ten. But but yes, I think he he and the Jaguars can keep up with the Chargers. Going back to your question, you know they came out of the bye week winning six of their last seven. The team just seemed like everything started to click. Do you think the biggest? I mean, obviously everyone's going to point it, point to Trevor Lawrence, and you know T Law deserves it. But do you think ATN coming back from you know healthy and being able to do what he did, eleven hundred plus yards? Or that addition of Christian Kirk, who did it, you know, 1,100 plus himself, was the bigger kind of catalyst to, to helping Lawrence and get this team rolling. Uh, I mean, uh, Travis' team was great, but even before him, there was James Robinson. In the first two or four games, he was the starter, and he was doing great. Uh, I don't really know the story what happened, but uh, but then the, the the coaching staff chose to go with Travis Etienne, so. I mean, even before him, they, they, they show the ability to, to run the ball. Uh, and then at the end of the season, ETN kind of like slowed down. Like, I believe it was like from weeks uh, six to nine, more or less. He was on fire. He, he was on fire, but then he slowed down towards the end. So, on the other hand, Christian Kirk, he showed he can be a good number one. And his presence allowed Say Jones and Ivan Ingram to shine. Like he didn't even have to have a great na- a great game, but 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 the coaching staff was able to design like plays that took away attention from Say Jones and Ivan Ingram because of Christian Kirk. Like he he can line up inside and outside, and they gave the coaching staff uh, the ability to exploit mismatches. So. So, so if you add it to pick one of the two, I would go with Kirk. And I wasn't a big fan of him, but I, I mean, he doesn't have to prove anything to me or anybody. I don't think he was a bad signing. I don't think he was going to 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 do that well. But, but yeah, I think uh, he's one of the big reasons that the Jaguars became a passing game this season. What's your expectation? for this team this postseason? Are they going to be one and done? Are they going to make a run? Honestly, I don't have an expectation because to begin with, I mean, not, not many, including me, that I thought that they were going to finish 9-8. and eight. I thought they were going to have a winning record, but everything else was icing in the cake. So the fact that they're in the playoffs, I mean, that's great to begin with. And even if they lose, that's fine. I think they've exceeded expectations. They overachieved this year. But at the same time, they show that they're not 
a fluke, a fluke team. Like, they can actually beat the Chargers. They already beat the Chargers and the Ravens, so... And they beat the Ravens. I mean, so, so, so I think they can maybe maybe pass to the... Um, to the division around, but but I don't think they're ready to take on the Chiefs or the Bills yet. Even the Bengals, the, those are like the three the three best teams in the division. I think that the the realistic expectation would be to to see them win this one, but then lose next week. Yeah, it's it's going to be a tough game. I think I think San Diego is kind of in that same boat where they felt like they they did what they should have done and not overachieve and. You know, they knew they were good enough. What's kind of the, the thought process of stopping Herbert with this defense? Um, you got a lot of interesting pieces on the, on the defense this year. You know, three players with over 100 tackles. Um, you know, you, uh, um, Tyson Campbell came out big that last game. Is this going to be get that pressure on, on Herbert, or is this going to be kind of more just flow with the game and kind of just scheme as you go? No, I, I think it's actually funny because uh, I thought about it during the week. Uh, stopping Justin Herbert is the key to, to win the game. But, but for that to happen, first you have to shut down the running game. Mm-hmm. Like uh, you, have, you have to force them to rely on Herbert so their offense becomes uh, one-dimensional. So, so, so I think they have to have like a, like a mix, like like they, and that's the thing they they, they must emphasize or they must try to stop the run from 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 the very beginning, but they cannot uh, they cannot stack up the box. They need to like have a balance in between trying to stop the run and and at the same time try not to get beat by by Herbert. So, but but I think that if they can, it's actually funny. But but for them to 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 be able to beat Justin Herbert, they first need to shut their, their running game down. And I think they can do that. Actually, the Chargers aren't, aren't that good at running the ball. So, so yes, uh, once they shut down the running game, they can they, they, they can start uh, applying pressure to, to Justin Herbert and force him into making mistakes. Last time we talked to you was about the draft last year, and the guy you wanted was Aiden Hutchinson, who had a very impressive rookie season. Do you think there's any regret amongst fans or even the front office about taking Trayvon Walker number one? No, I, I, I think it's kind of like a fluid situation. Uh, I remember, for example, like Aiden Hutchinson making an interception early in the season, and you're, you're like, oh, I wish he could have done that for the Jaguars. But then you see Trevon Walker. Uh, he he's like steadily growing. Like uh, like everybody in the Jaguars headquarters knew that he was going to be um, working process, uh, development, uh, developmental prospect. So 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 I think that that when it and especially when it comes to like um, draft classes, I mean you cannot really have a a good feel for them after two years. Like honestly, I was I was thinking about it and they're they're 22 draft class isn't really that sexy. Like uh, Devin Law was okay, but, but De- Devin Law Devin Lloyd was okay, but but he regressed towards the the middle of the season. I mean, if you think about it, their their best rookie was Luke Fortner, who is a center, and and I think that that's like one of the least sexy positions in the whole field. So. So so at this moment their their draft class doesn't doesn't look 
that great or doesn't stand out, but I think that they have the potential to to contribute even more next year. So I'm going back to the to the Hutchinson moment. I think that everybody every team would like to have somebody like him, but but I think that uh Trevon Walker is progressing well. So so time will tell. Do you have any high expectations for free agency with this team? Or do you think they're kind of in a let's just see where we're at and kind of just stay the course and and not really make anything drastic? Uh, for for these upcoming free agency, I don't think Yeah, so. yeah, because it, the team's in such a spot where, like, I can't tell if they just need, like, one more piece to really make some noise or if I'm just overlooking it and they have a lot they need to fix or they just want to keep the pieces they have and run back where they're at. It just, they're in such a weird spot. Cause I watch this team and I'll see so many shines of, you know, signs of like really great things come out of them. And then you, you see the, Oh, I forgot that they're this young and, and you, you're like, maybe they need more leadership type thing. I mean, when it comes to leadership, I think they have the, the right players like Josh Allen, Trevor, Trevor Lawrence, even like, uh, for example, Andrew Wingard. I mean, he's he's playing now a reserve role. He used to be the starting safety next to Rayshon Jenkins last year, but but he's thriving. He's doing much better in a reserve role, but uh, his leadership skills have been like great for the Jaguars this season. So the leadership is there. The same with uh, Foyo Loakun. Uh, I mean, the leaders are there. So from a from a leadership standpoint, you don't you don't really need like any additions when it comes to actual talent in free agency i think that that more than anything they will need to like replenish the roster they don't have like like pressing needs for example i think uh the slot cornerback they they need one they need they, they need a starting slot cornerback but that's the thing you don't draft a slot cornerback in the first round you you can easily pick a player in the third or fourth round of developing uh, and if if you ask me, I think that their biggest holes are going to be like maybe uh, outside linebacker or maybe tight end, but 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 they're not like glaring weaknesses. So so more than like address needs, I think that it's like replenishing the roster, like maybe one or two players, mm-hmm. but 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 they're not like other teams. Uh, and I think they were in this position this past off season that they needed to address like four or five spots right now. And, and I think you could say the same for everything. I mean, every team is going to have like positions to address, but in this case, they don't have any pressing ones. Uh, maybe, maybe type in if even Ingram leaves. But other than that, I think that as long as they nail the draft and maybe like. Uh, fortify their defensive line, their front seven, for that matter, I think they will be fine. Speaking about the draft coming up in the next four months or however long it is from now, uh, where would you like to see them go? I know it's early, but I like to talk draft. I know, definitely. I, I think that if Evan Ingram leaves, I think that they will need to take a tight end in the first or second round. But like Brock, Brock Bowers? Yeah, I was thinking Michael Mayer. Ooh, <laughs> I, I am a Brock. I am a Brock Bowers mark. I like where you went there. Yeah, Mayor. Mayor is a good one. Oh, definitely. I, 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 I've been a Mayor stand for a while. I guess 
Uh, I, I don't know, somebody, somebody about him, uh, I like him. Uh, and I think that I believe they're, they're going to hold the, the 19th overall, so they will be in position to, to pick Mayer. I think it's either him or maybe a pass rusher. Because, for example, uh, Jawan Taylor is, is going to leave, probably. But they already have uh, Walker Little to replace him. So, so I mean, they, they, they don't really have to use an early pick on an offensive tackle because they already signed Cam Robinson, too. So maybe they could, like, adapt in the middle of the round, but that's about it. And Again, they need a slot quarterback, but but you can pick one of those later in the round. So so I think uh, if they resign even Ingram, maybe they go defense in the first round. So I, I guess I, I, I got to ask you here before we wrap up. And by the way, you, you should you should be saying no. We're picking at thirty two because they're winning the damn Super Bowl. <laughs> That's the ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me rephrase that. They're they're picking in between nineteen and thirty two. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> we're getting the yeah. last pick because we're winning the whole thing. Um, so I just uh, real quick before we let you roll here, I just want to ask you. Realistically, where do you think this team goes in this off season? Do they they get through the first the first week? Do they get to the to the championship? Like where, how far do you think this team's gonna go? I uh, I, I think uh, like a realistic expectation is the divisional round of the playoffs. Like like the fact that they made the playoffs in Doug Peterson's uh, first year at the helm. I mean that's. I mean, they exceeded expectations. So anything, anything, anything extra is like welcome. So, so yeah, I think uh, uh, a win in the play in the Walker round. I mean, against the against the the Chargers, that would be great. Yeah, uh, but 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 beyond that, I don't think they, I don't think they're ready to take on the Bengals or the or the Chiefs, for example, the the Bills. Maybe next year, but not, not this one. It's 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 been a heck of a run, and I was I was so glad when uh, after just talking, all right, what's going to happen next year type thing that Jacksonville was able to to turn it around, and we that's why I wanted to make sure we got you on right away and got to have a positive uh, <laughs> discussion because uh, God forbid when we talk that Raiders with you later, I'm. I'm sure that's not going to be as nice as this one was, but uh, man, it's it's been exciting. I've thoroughly enjoyed watching this uh, Jaguars team, and uh, I hope for the best for them this this year, Carlos. I really do. Um, yeah, totally, totally. I, th- I think I think uh, it's better when you cover a team and they're winning. I, I think that even even the ambience, like on Twitter, social media, like. Like, like it's kind of taxing to to talk to demoralized fans, right? <laughs> so true. Oh, I love it. Hey, plug everything you got as always for all of our uh, new listeners that have uh, joined on with us since last time we had John. So they can they can read all your great coverage. Oh, I appreciate it. Well, you you can follow me at Black and Teal, or you can check my written content at blackandteal.com. We have we have pages on both Twitter and Facebook. Uh, I've, I've been recently more active on Facebook, but but uh, but yeah, I mean you can you can find us on both uh, social media websites. Carlos, man, it's always a pleasure. And uh, as we get closer to that draft and off season talk, we uh, we'll, we'll be hitting you back up for sure because that's our that's our favorite time is draft time. So excited yeah, to check with soon. 
And uh, hey, good luck. Uh, good luck this weekend, man. Hope it, hope it goes well for the team. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate the invite. I'm looking forward to talking to you again, guys. All right, so thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, Carlos. Since is coming off of blackandteal.com. Always a pleasure. After we figured out the the connection thing, Luke, it's it's a it's like a champ phone call now. Uh, it's like a changed man out here. <laughs> changed man with a changed team, right? <laughs> That's right. I love it. You know, obviously we we've been talking draft, which I guess leads me to this, Luke. You want to go into our Way too early mock drafts. Yes, uh, I actually am making changes to mine right now, so we can we can start her off. <laughs> do, do you do you still have more to do, or do you want to do a different bit first? Or no, 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 no. We're we're I I got eight picks left. Okay, okay. Why don't why don't we go do our awards first? Let's go do our awards. Okay. Wait, Luke's over here doing this shit right now. Yeah, my draft season, baby. I'm, Vikings are normally not in the playoffs. I'm in this is you and your draft board. Yeah. <laughs> little chicken. <laughs> there, there, little Benny Hill going on here. Um, so let's look at our awards. There's seven of them. I think you were right when we kind of talked earlier about some of these are no-brainer ones. Um, why don't we start off with most improved? Um. I had a little more turbo than I thought on, on a few of these. I did have, I had two for sure no-brainer ones. I had one that I think is going to be the answer, but I, I, I just, I guess I'm on the island by myself on one of these. Uh, most improved, I think, is pretty good, but I don't know who do you got most improved player in the NFL? I, I got Geno Smith. I, I think you have. This is one of the ones when we talked earlier that you have multiple options, but no one, no one, I don't care who you are, if you say you did, you're a liar, thought <laughs> A, Geno Smith was going to be the starter because they traded for Drew Locke, and mm-hmm. B, thought that the Seahawks were going to make the playoffs. Yeah, I, I think those everything you said is correct. I also, Luke, went Geno Smith. I did put in my side notes that Saquon Barkley was great and Christian McCaffrey was great, but McCaffrey came off of an injury. I don't think he was that bad to begin with before the injury. And Barkley had had that bad season or whatever, but he's shown that he's that good anyway, so it didn't seem like anything that shocking. You know what I mean? Yeah, I totally agree. And I, I would say I would have put a lot more stock into Brian Robinson Jr. after getting carjacked and shot and coming back and doing really good for Washington, but he was a rookie, so you really can't yeah. call him comeback. I, I think type. my other choice was uh, Josh Jacobs, I thought, but Ooh, last that's year, a good one. But last year he he had an off year, but I don't think you could label it as a comeback player of the year, in my opinion. But yeah. Because I don't think he had hit his potential yet anyway. Yeah. And, you know, even though they added uh, Devontae Adams, that team was so busted, somebody had to do something. Yes. Um, do you want where, where do you want to go? You pick the next category. Uh, let's go. Let's just get MVP over with because I feel like <laughs> um, 
I do have to. I chose Patty Mahomes, and I feel yeah, like you have to choose. Yeah, Patty. I mean, 50, he had 52, 50 passing yards, 41 touchdowns, whatever one seed. I have yeah. to. I Like I said, as a fanboy, I begrudgingly think Kirk Cousins should be getting some recognition that he's not getting. I mean, I'm not even seeing him in the top 10 yeah. of, of lists. But, I mean, that dude took this team – Literally, I, I understand, you know, he had weapons and everything, but this is a guy who was, everyone said was, was trash and they went 13 and four. So, but no, I, I think Patty Mahomes is, it has to be Patrick Mahomes. It does indeed. Um, why don't we do offensive and defensive player of the year? Knock those out. All right. I offensive got... player of the year, Jay Jeff? Jay Jettas, baby. Yeah, yeah. Justin Jefferson, I don't think there's any other candidate for that. Ooh, I'm going to win this, uh, my crucible this week. Um, defensive player of the year, I mean, Nick Bosa. Yeah, I have the same yeah. one. I, I, had, I thought Micah Parsons deserved a little recognition, but the, car, the Cowboys crumbled and kind of ruined that for me. So I thought if they didn't fall apart, you more so could – could give him some nod, but yeah, no, it's got to be Bosa. It does. It does. Um, I want to let's let's do offensive and defensive rookie because I want to save the coach and see where we're at because we both said we had some weird shit. Um, offensive rookie of the year, I had Garrett Wilson. I had Kenneth Walker. Nice. I uh, so I'll, I'll give you my reasoning. Uh, I would Garrett Wilson eight through crutches, eleven hundred three yards. Um, I thought Brock Purdy you could make a case for, but he only played five games. While, albeit he won all five, he only played five games. And Kenneth Walker, he had those three straight 100-yard games, ran over 1,000 yards. I felt like he just took too long to get going. And if you get rid of that second half of the season where he kind of outshined his first half was not very good. And I say, and I say this as somebody who had him in fantasy, you got to look at him every day. But I don't begrudgingly – say anything about Walker but I went Garrett Wilson I went uh, I went Walker because I couldn't choose two Jets to be rookie of the year <laughs> is that the only reason <laughs> uh, not the only reason but the the main reason <laughs> uh, well I took two Jets Sauce Gardner defensive rookie of the year I thought I thought when we talked the, the draft last year and we praised the Jets with how good of a draft they did they proved it right they proved us right and that's oh, yeah, why I think both. I think they deserve both positions. 100%. I mean, Garrett Wilson, he caught eighty-three passes with that pat with those quarterbacks. I mean, Zach Wilson's pretty good. What the hell are you talking about, brother? <laughs> Did he even play the last game? No, he didn't. Uh, what's his face? Did Mike White or whatever? No, Joe Flacco, I think. <laughs> yeah, it was Flacco. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming you had Sauce. Yeah, Sauce should have been the number one pick, baby. Yeah, he's he's Let's tremendous. Get Carlos back on the phone. How you feel now, Carlos? <laughs> uh, coach of the year. Uh, uh, so I have Carlos's Jaguars, Doug Peterson. Hey, I like that. I do. I uh, yeah. I, I wanted to put Kevin O'Connell, but I thought I was being a homer. And then the more I thought about it is, is Kevin O'Connell was hand, not handed, but he was handed the number one wide receiver in football, a top 10, at least quarterback in football. And like Doug Peterson was handed Trevor Lawrence after Urban Meyer. Yeah. Out there <laughs> kicking people. 
I so I went with a nine and eight team, but I went a little bit of a different route. I I'm assuming it's going to be Sirianni or Dable or Shanahan that wins this. But I went with Dan Campbell and the Detroit Lions. I thought about Dan Campbell. I did. I I remember when I watched Hard Knocks, I said to you, this team culture just feels different. I've never been so interested in watching Hard Knocks. I feel like this team just is going to be motivated to do better. And they did. I mean, you know, Jamal Williams gets, you know, beats Barry Sanders rushing touchdown record. It's up 16. I don't know, right. man. I just I thought Dan Campbell got these guys to play. They did, and I think sorry to get a drink. I was thirsty. It's all good. Um, I think depending on what they do this off season, they should end their playoff drought. I think so. I mean, if it wasn't for tiebreakers and whatnot, they they essentially did, in my opinion, because they they won their game to get in had Seattle just not had the tiebreaker. Yeah. You know what I mean? They went in and beat Green Bay. And that's yep. not saying, you know, that's not saying that Seattle didn't do their job, but I'm just saying, like, you know, they went in there and, and got that job done. And, uh, and th- I mean, they, they had a hell of a, they had a hell of a final run there. Like, it's, it's, it's surprising. I think they won, I, like, seven of their last eight or something, right? Yeah, I think they started one in didn't they start one in eight and then one in yeah, something like that. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull it up right now here. Um yeah, they let's see here, where's my uh where's the schedule for the Lions? Here we go. Yeah, they won two, three, five five of their last six and yeah. nine of their last eleven. They started there the season two, four. They started one in six and then That's what it was, yeah. two. Yeah, I mean, I I think they just. That's why I don't think they're gonna they're gonna move off from Goff. You know, if they need to do anything in the draft, they should they should at like eighteen if they really if he's still there, take Bijan Robinson. Wow, I mean, they got Jamal Williams and DeAndre, so they don't need no other running back. So aside from against Chicago in that 41-10 game where Jamal Williams ran for 144 yards yeah. and then Swift did it week one, it only happened one other time. Listen to these numbers. The highest rusher on the Lions. Week two, uh, uh, week two was Amandre St. Brown, or uh, Amandre St. Brown, 68. Williams then 87 against us, 108 against Seattle, 56 against uh, New England, 79 against Dallas, 53 against Miami, 81 Green Bay, 59 Chicago. Uh, Justin Jackson at 66 against the Giants. Williams at 66 against Buffalo. Swift, 62 against the Jags. Um, C.J. Moore had 42 against the Vikings. Swift had 52 against the Jets. Goff had 15 against the Carolina Panthers as a leading rusher. And in the last week, 72 against Green Bay. So, I mean, realistically, they – they didn't have the greatest rushing. That is true. Or you know what you could do with that number with that number six pick? Take Anthony Richardson in the draft because <laughs> they got they got six and eighteen. So, but yeah, it's it's Detroit. I don't know. I I feel like they got a, they got a shot to. I mean, they finished second in the division. You know, that, that and if true. we didn't if we didn't potentially overachieve. 
Our defense <laughs> underachieved, right? Yeah, our de- defense was hot ass. Um, <laughs> but, you know, as we talked draft, we, we got in our ever so early mock draft of this is the top 18 picks of teams that did not make the playoffs. No trades, even though we're sure there might be a trade to start the draft. Um, There's going to be. There's going to be. <laughs> Um, we just kept it straight up. Uh, number one pick, Bears. I had them taking Will Anderson, Edge, out of Alabama. It, me too. If if they make a pick, if there are any Bears fans listening, which I know some of my friends are who I've told to listen, do not expect to make a pick at number one. Don't get excited. <laughs> it's not going to happen. <laughs> if, yeah, I mean, and if they do, it's got to be Anderson, right? I mean, unless they take Jalen Carter. Yeah, I mean, like we've talked before, there the GM did state if they're blown away by one of the younger quarterbacks in this draft, they're not afraid to trade Justin Fields to get more draft capital to build around a new quarterback. I highly doubt that will happen. I mean, I'd be shocked. I, I think they move. I think they move the pick to a team that wants to jump the Texans to get either Stroud or young to have their choice. So I think you're going to see like the Colts, the Raiders, the Panthers, maybe the Falcons possibly um, try to move up in front of the Texans to get their choice of quarterback. And the bears are going to get multiple firsts. I, I've seen a lot of stuff with like the Raiders giving up Devonte Adams just to start a rebuild right away. I've seen a lot of stuff with Carolina giving up Brian Burns to start a rebuild, stuff like that. So, Bears fans, don't you worry. You'll get things, but don't expect to make the number one pick. Raiders are going to get Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady next year. Watch. (laughs) I can see Tom Brady. That'd be tight. (laughs) He's too soft to be a Raider. Um, I, I do think, though, you know, and, and here's here's ultimately we still have like 14 weeks of the draft. So, I mean, we still have combines, yeah, you know, yeah, it's, you know, it's only January. So anything, they could they could fall in love with Will Anderson for all we know. I mean, he's he's elite. Yeah, he is. Um, number two, I, I did more research after I talked to you earlier. And you kind of swayed me. I don't know whether, how you went, but I had Houston taking C.J. Stroud. Me too. Yeah, I, I think you kind of swayed me. Yeah. I think C.J. Stroud will end up being the first pick with whoever the Bears trade with, and then Texans will just take Bryce Young. But Is it Bryce Young's size, you think, that hurts him? I don't know if it's his size, but it's just in that game against Georgia, C.J. Stroud made that one throw like running the opposite direction to the other side of the field and like threw it like 60 yards in the air and just <laughs> dotted it. Like the wide receiver didn't have to move other than run forward. Do you remember against I, the Saints, Brett Favre did that in overtime? Yeah, I did. Took Greg <laughs> Lewis or whatever in like the back of the end zone and everyone no, was like, what just I, happened? Not the Niners. Not the Niners win. I'm talking about when he threw it across his chest like that against. The oh Saints yeah, and then he threw the interception when he could have just <laughs> yeah. fell down. Yep, I yeah. remember. <laughs> um, so now I'm jumping off of my my horse here of what I've been preaching that I want this team to take, but They're I not never. They're not taking Robinson number three. 
No, I know. I, I didn't think they would end up at number. I just said that to uh, Carlos, too. I know. Um, I, just, I never thought they would end up with the third pick, so I haven't taken Jalen Carter. Get Me him on too. that front, front line to replace J.J. Watt. Me too, brother. Uh, Colts at four, I got Bryce Young. Me too, brother. Seahawks, I got at five, getting some, some defense help. Take Miles Murphy, edge out of Clemson. Me too, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Lions, I, I feel like the size of your running back, they they, what's that? I said I bet we're different here. Um, I have the Lions taking uh, Keely Ringo, cornerback out of Georgia. I have them taking Anthony Richardson, QB, Florida, <laughs> baby. So if you haven't taken Richardson, why are they going to go after Jackson? Because, uh, I, I don't know. I just, we're not talking for agency right now. This is draft. Okay? Yeah, but for agency happens before the draft, so that means they would have already had Lamar Jackson. right now See, they haven't gotten Lamar Jackson, so I can't say that they're going to get him. See, you truly don't believe it's going to happen either. I, I think they're going to go after him. but <laughs> uh, Seven, I have the Raiders grabbing Paris Johnson Jr. Ohio State. I, have taking, I have them taking Keely Ringo. Okay. Uh, I have at eight Falcons taking Will Levis, quarterback out of Kentucky. See, I have them going another wide receiver in the first round with Quinton Johnston out of TCU. So you think they're going to ride Mariota? Oh, yeah. I think they yeah. are. Um, I have the man you get. You had at six going at nine. I have Anthony Richardson going to Carolina. I have Will Levis going to Carolina. Okay. Uh, ten, Eagles lucking out. I have them getting Brian Branch, safety out of Alabama. I have them getting Noah Sewell out of Oregon. Ooh. Um, and then the man you just mentioned, I have at 11, the Titans taking Quentin Johnson out of CCU. I have them taking Paris Johnson. Okay. Um, and then at 12, Figure, figure, why as well, might as well pair the guy up. I have the Texans taking Jackson Smith and Jigba at Ohio State. I, w- I went with the same position, but I went with Jordan Addison. See, I think Addison might be a better player, but if you can just pair up and Jigba with Stroud, why not do it? Was why I did it. Yeah. Because then they already know each other, which helps. But yeah, uh, thirteen. I, I have the Jets as much as they need. Something still I, – I have them doing what we said they should have did last year, or I talked about them doing last year or two years ago, uh, but I got them taking Peter Skaronsky, the tackle out of Northwestern. I have them making the new Legion of Boom and taking Brian Branch, safety. Ooh. Out, <laughs> uh, I got, I got uh, Jordan Addison, as you just mentioned, out of USC going to the Patriots. I got, I got my boy Kayshawn Booty, who has orgies at the LSU championship game, right? <laughs> <laughs> Look, we we know at the end of the day, at the end of the day that they need, uh, they need another wider receiver because you know you know who who they have to run with otherwise is this guy. Oh, my man just started throwing babies out the window. We was catching them, unlike Aguilar. Like Aguilar. <laughs> yeah, like they they need they need an upgrade on Aguilar. <laughs> um, I have Green Bay at fifteen taking Michael Mayer, tight end out of Notre Dame. Me too, brother. Uh, then I have the Commanders grabbing Noah Sewell on a linebacker out of Oregon. I have them taking Joey Porter Jr. Ooh, Joey Porter Jr., not a bad pick. Um, I have him going next to the Steelers at 17. I have the Steelers lucking out and getting Peter Skaransky somehow this late, but this will probably change because I feel like that's not going to happen. But 
Yeah, I, I feel like as the combines come on, he, he, him and Paris Johnson are going to climb up like, uh, you know, like last year with Ekwanu and Neil and those guys. Who was the third one? It was uh, it was Evan Neal, uh, Ike Kwanu, and... Who was it? Uh, Cross. I, Charles Cross. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Charles Glass. Or no, Charles Cross. Cross. Charles Cross. Yeah, yeah. Cross. Um, went to and Seattle, then at baby. 18, I have uh, Detroit grabbing Kayshawn Booty out of uh, LSU. I have, I have Detroit, Detroit taking Brian Breesey from Clemson. Ooh. I've seen some mocks where he falls to us at 27, where we're te- technically picking right now. I, I, I've only put them there because after looking at like their needs and stuff, like QB is the Lions' number one need. It says, and then there's corner, but I didn't feel like the corners I had left, like Sam Smith from South Carolina and that Gonzalez kid from Oregon, had as much talent as the defense tackled it. But that's just me. yeah, that's fair. And they can always grab a a corner early second round too. Yeah. Be interesting here. Uh, just coming up here shortly, uh, Todd Vandenberg jumping on from the 12th Man Rising to discuss Geno Smith's Seattle Seahawks. <laughs> um, while we're doing that and, and waiting to get into it, um, why don't why don't we? Well, we got to kill him and do this, Luke. Here, <laughs> I'm I'm starting to suspect something that I I did not know about. Give me one second here. Three strikes. Uh, sponsored by Rep Sports. Uh, head over repsports.com. Use promo code Wrestlecast. Get yourself fifteen percent off all your merch and all of your all of your nutrients, your supplements. Get house like my boy Alex who runs Wrestlecast with me. He's turned into Miro in the last year. For you wrestling heads, you know who that is? Or Rusev, what do you want to call him? Rusev's here, bro? <laughs> Rusev in the house. I just I just want to check something here. I, I may be crazy. I'm I may be I may be I'm just trying to uh I'm trying to look at this. I have I have a weird feeling. Let me just grab this. Hang on one second. We gotta we gotta we gotta call with the hand up. Todd, is this you, sir? It is me, sir. I've been listening to you the whole show, and it's been I'm glad I'm listening. Like everybody should be. Like all proud Americans should be happy they were listening. I love it. I saw the thing move back and forth on my switchboard, and I was like, "I bet you he's just been chilling with us." <laughs> I have been. I have been. See, I'm like a gumshoe or whatever they call it. The the sleuth. <laughs> Todd I'm a sleuth. <laughs> Welcome back, sir. Uh, one of our OGs been talking to this man since like 2017 about the Seahawks, and, and I'm excited to have you on here. And and uh, you know, real quick, um, I just got I just got to ask you, man. This team does all this stuff. They trade Russell Wilson, Geno Smith, probably the most improved player. Like, did you think you guys were oh, going to yeah. make a shot to really make the playoffs here? I. I... I thought the projections of the most of the talking heads were way off. I mean, one person even said they were going to go, oh, and 17. It's like, 
Fine, get real. Uh, I figured at worst uh, they would win six, which isn't too bad when you trade away two first-round Hall of Fame players, right? The leader of the Mm -hmm. defense, the leader of the offense. You lose them both, and you only go down one game, that wouldn't be too bad. I figured at the top they could win ten if everything broke right. Uh, I'm still surprised that they won nine. I'm really surprised that they made the playoffs because I didn't think they would make the playoffs unless they won ten. So to me, that's... And that's a bonus. Uh, not that I think they're going to go very far in the playoffs because they're running into a buzzsaw. I mean, I think the Niners are the best team in the NFC, uh, better than the Eagles. Uh, and they've the just Vikings. caught fire. Sadly, yes. I'm sorry to say that, but <laughs> yes. That's okay. uh, nevertheless, I do think this, the Hawks have a decent chance to win. I, I know they're 10-point underdogs. Uh, but, you know, they've had two shots. They got closer. At least they scored on offense this time. I mean, they got obliterated in the first game. Uh, second game was a little closer. If, if, if the Seahawks defense recognizes that the tight end is eligible to receive passes, I think we got a shot. Because they didn't seem to realize that, uh, the last time they played. So, uh, that, that's been an issue with them really all season long. So, uh, yeah, I mean, any any Seahawks fan, any of the twelves have to be thrilled with this season, yeah, considering what the expectations were going in. And a lot of people expected them to make the playoffs. Seahawks fans, no one outside of that uh, that that orb expected them to do anything for sure. But a, a lot of Seahawks fans expected them to uh, to do well. I'm not really sure what those expect- expectations were based on, but you know. That's how fans are. I, I can say this real quick, Luke, before you jump in. Uh, your guy Carson from the website, uh, we had him on over the summer. He said 12 yeah. and 5 in our predictions for the Seattle. Uh, <laughs> that well, man said 12 and 5? Yeah, yeah, 12 and 5. I, I, just, I pulled up the sheet where uh, I have all of our guest picks. Uh, Carlos was right. He, he did say 9 and 8 for the Jags, so he, he did hit that yeah. correctly. But, yeah, um, Seahawks, 12 and 5 was the prediction. <laughs> that's, that's that's faith in the coaching staff and faith in Gino. So um, I, you know, overall it was pretty well placed. I mean, if if the defense had not hit this slump of being the worst defense in the league for about five or six games, I mean, that would that was actually within reach. Shocking as that is, that's a lie. The Vikings are the worst defense. <laughs> we, we made sure to take that away from you. Thank you, thank you so much, Nolan. Hold our beer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We were like the, we were like drunk friends ice fishing, and someone caught a fish, and we wanted to prove we could catch one bigger. <laughs> what the hell? Oh my oh, god. god! I'm crying. Donatello <laughs> called Pete Carroll and was like, "Bro, you think you can steal this from me?" <laughs> He's competitive, oh, man. I, I wouldn't go against oh. him. He was like, I'm getting fired this offseason, not you, bro. I, I can't stop it. I have never, that was the, the whitest analogy I've ever heard in my entire life. I'm I'm crying out here. Oh, oh my God. Luke, the only, only thing worse you could have said was this. Catch me outside. How about that? I love her, bro. That girl's my hero, okay? From nothing to a millionaire once she turns 18. We're not going to specify how on this show, but she's my hero. 
Well, to move away from her is like I guess you can say that we came up with some crappy and you guys you guys held in some pikes, so you, you win the championship for sure. We won it. Um, oh. fair, fair and square, fair and square. Oh my God, I gotta open my patio here. It's cold. I'm sweating. I'm I haven't laughed that hard since Alex got up when we were at Starcast before All Out on Podcast Row. And we, this is a tangent. I apologize. I apologize. You've been waiting, chilling with us, Todd. Now I'm going on tangents here. We're I, I don't know. If, I, don't I ask everybody this. I don't know if you're if you're a wrestling fan, but we were. Oh yeah. So we were at All Out when they did the StarCast thing, and we were on Podcast Row, and we were right outside of where Kenny and the Young Bucks were doing their autograph signing. So we had nice. people coming up and doing all this stuff, and we're, we're going over our, our year-end awards, and we're on Worst Woman's Wrestler. And I'm about to say my third Worst Woman's Wrestler of the Year was Veda Scott. I thought she was terrible. And as I'm half saying her name, one of the – Security guys comes over and he's like, "Hey, you guys um, able to do an interview? We have somebody who wants to come do an interview with you guys." And I stop and go, "Sure, we'd love to take interviews." And he goes, "He goes, all right, Veda, they're ready for you." And here, shit, you not comes Veda Scott. I close my notebook. My co-host gets out of the chair and goes, "You can sit right next to Ryan," and goes right in the back. And I'm like, "Oh my god, I can't, I can't believe well. the odds that that happened." Now, see, that's why I don't prepare for any shows because you never know what's going to happen. <laughs> like, why waste the time? I was like, God and, forbid the person that you nominated is the worst wrestler. Like, oh, I get to talk with you for 15 minutes. Holy hell. I've, I've never been broken more like that until Luke four minutes ago about the fishing analogy. Oh, all right. I'm sorry, Luke. Go ahead, go ahead with your question. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to regroup here. <laughs> Realistically, how far do you think the Seahawks team can make a run in the playoffs? Like you said, there's the Monsters of Philly and um, the Niners, but then there's also the Cowboys, who have been pretty good this season. Um, if if they beat the Niners, and I think it's like a – I mean, I actually predicted them. It'll, it'll come out. It's like I picture they're going to win 1917. Um, I think they have like a – 20% chance or maybe 25% chance of beating the Niners because the Niners are just ungodly good. Uh, but if they do, they're going to face the Eagles because the Eagles got the bye. We're the lowest seed team, so we know we'll be facing the Eagles. I don't see any way, frankly, that we'll get past the Niners and then the Eagles. So that would be – their run would be done. But, I mean, considering where they started from, you know, with uh, a guy who – Basically, everyone felt was a cast-off quarterback, right? And uh, two running backs who were extremely fragile, and one of them never even made it onto the field. And love Chris Carson to death, and I'm glad that he uh, retired rather than try to pass a physical with another team because who knows what what worse could have happened to the guy. Uh, I really wish he'd been healthy, but. All the people who said is like, oh, the Seahawks are wasting a draft pick on, on picking walkers. Like, you do see how many games their running backs have missed in the past few seasons, right? Like, clearly they didn't. I guess they thought they played every down. So that was a brilliant draft, and look how the guy played. I mean, like you said, offensive rookie of the year, right, uh, in, in a lot of people's minds. And he didn't even start until the fifth week. So, uh, you know, when, when you're depending on – 
a fragile backfield and some rookie tackles. Who starts both rookie tackles? Nobody. You know, there were a lot of questions with this team, for sure. And especially moving on from Russell Wilson, although that turned out to be a pretty good move. And Bobby <laughs> Wagner, which, man, I wish we still had Bobby Wagner, but they just couldn't afford him. I mean, if they'd kept Bobby Wagner, then, well, there's no money to extend DK Metcalf. I mean, it's a business. That's how it happens. So uh, considering the expectations, making the playoffs is huge. I mean, if they manage to beat the Niners, that would be totally awesome. Uh, but if they manage to then go on and beat the Eagles, I think the earth will open up and swallow us all because that would be the end of civilization. So I don't think that's going to happen. Seahawks, Vikings. Then we can all go ice fishing. I got to, like, clip that, that sounder. For like future <laughs> now, like that, that's staying on here. <laughs> you know, this this team was seven and five. We're rolling, and then you hit that three game skid going into those last two home games. Was there yeah. any kind of a panic, or was it we got two at home, we can control our own destiny, we're going to be fine? I don't think there's there was no panic with the team, uh, for sure, and I don't think any fans were panicked. There was concern for sure. Uh, considering that, you know, the fact that the defense came around in the after the first few games, and it's like, oh, okay, they're actually clicking on defense. Uh, you know, you mentioned Saquon Barkley, and they shut Barkley down, which is like, oh, right. And then they played the Cardinals, and they beat the Cardinals. I mean, they're actually six and three at one point, and inexplicably lost to the Bucks. Uh, you know, it was, and people are talking about, oh, it was overseas, blah, blah, blah. Well, Tampa Bay went overseas, too. It's not like they were home. You know, it's mm-hmm. like I hate that stuff when people talk about, oh, it was snowing. It's like, what? Was the other team playing in the tropics? It's like, it snows <laughs> on both teams. Like, and these guys, you know, they're not, all, they're not all born and raised in Mississippi, never saw snow or whatever the situation is. They're from all over the, the country. Like, they're used to playing in whatever the hell the conditions are on both sides of the ball, both teams. So you can't say that. Losing to the Raiders was ridiculous. And and that's when the defense just said, uh, we don't know how to cover anybody. So that got pretty squirrely. Um, beating the Rams, Rams just fell apart this season, so that wasn't any big deal. But then those last three losses, like you said, is like I'd written an article at the point when they were at um, – Actually, after the the Buccaneers, when they were six and four, okay. I said, "Okay, this is how they can still win." And promptly, they went out and lost to the Raiders, beat the Rams, which I figured they would, but then they lost to the Panthers, which I thought they would beat. And then, of course, they lost to the Niners because the Niners are an excellent team. And they lost to the Chiefs, and I was like, "Well, I'm never writing about making any predictions again because holy <laughs> crap, I think we got one right out of all that." Uh, the Jets win didn't surprise me that much, but what surprised me is how well they played in defense because they really, really played well. Uh, the Rams game, obviously, was this weaker, right? Won in overtime, and Jason Myers could have won it in regulation, uh, which is not a knock. The guy missed three kicks all year, it was like, <laughs> and that one bounced off the upright, so eventually yeah. it was going to happen. It was like He also scored most of the points in the game. Without him, they wouldn't have been in the position. So in no way is that, oh, it's his fault we went to overtime. He's the only reason they were in position to do it. So and people were talking about, 
oh, it really sucks that we have to depend on the Lions because, oh, they got nothing to play for. It's, it's a division game. Are you stupid? They've been playing the Packers since 1930. Do you really think they don't want to beat the Packers? Are you that dense? Like, you don't know football if you think the Lions didn't want to destroy the Packers. They don't crap give a damn about making the playoffs. Like, you know, once you're at that point, okay, what are we going to play for? And like you said, it's like that dude, he's the coach of the year. As much as I love Pete Carroll, like you said, what a heck of a turnaround. And and then again, you know, they're out of the play. They don't have anything to play for. It's like except pride and showing that they're the better team and establishing what things are going to be like next year. So I wasn't a bit surprised that they beat the Packers. And frankly, I'm happy they sent Methhead home for the season. So. <laughs> well, and people I mean, doesn't, it, doesn't he look like he's cooking meth in a trailer somewhere? It's like, oh, yeah. dude, clean up. He gets, yeah. He's giving me, he gives me some Brian Cranston vibes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you watch when he's, you know, when he's on doing the interviews, and he's just like, did he like prepare? Like, and I don't mean like prepare for the questions, but like prepare for the day yeah. yet? <laughs> and, yeah, and people like, got to remember too, they still, the Lions winning or losing, okay, they're picking 18. doesn't matter. They still have a, that top 10 pick anyway. So right, it's not like exactly. when you're playing, it's not like, Lovey Smith getting fired potentially because he blew the number one pick. I <laughs> <laughs> you know? love that. Going for two in the win is like, I'm going to stick to you. You're gonna, like, now you're going to fire me because it's like, Lovey you fire a bear for life, bro. He said, I know I'm getting fired. I'm going to take stop you from getting your quarterback. For stop real. <laughs> <laughs> so oh you know, Lions are going to get a good pick anyway. So it didn't matter. I, I'm 100 percent with exactly. you. Exactly. And if and if you're that Detroit team, I will never forget when Jamal Williams was was doing like there was like the second or third episode on Hard Knocks, and he's crying saying, "Do you really want to be three and thirteen? Like I'm that's not who I am. Like we this perception yeah. about us is ridiculous, and I'm sick of it. And we need to change it. We're better than that." And when they figured it out, man, it was – I loved watching those Lions games, and I'd say that as a division rival. I had a great time watching Dan Campbell and those. They looked – they were like, yeah. having fun. They were excited to be out there, and they wouldn't – and even the games they lost, they would, they would not go home. I mean – No, they would not. Time, they play hard, man. They play hard. They're letting up and that's 40 all you, points. That's all you want. And losing by, like, three. Like, they just wouldn't quit. And Yeah, I'm with yeah. anybody who said that they're – they should. They were gonna throw like, like kick rocks, like hundred percent, man. You're so right. Like what a dumb take. Kick rocks. I can think of something different that rhymes, but I can't say it. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely true. Absolutely true. <laughs> Luke, what you got? So with the success of this team this year, that not very many people thought was gonna happen. You guys have two first round picks this year. Geno Smith's contracts up, I believe. Do you? Do you think they re-sign him after the year that he had, or do you think they go to the draft or free agency to find a quarterback? They they have to re-sign him. Uh, for for one thing, and a lot of times in sports, certainly more in baseball than in football, but a lot of times people are rewarded for past performance as much as they are rewarded for expectations, right? But there's no reason to think that he's going to slump. Like he's he's – Dropped off in the second half of the season, definitely has, but he's still been good. He's not been spectacular like he was for most of the season, but he's still been good. 
And you also have to figure, it's like, well, okay, they're also dealing with some injuries. I mean, uh, you know, they've, they've had difficulty. And he, is, he does have two rookie tackles who were a little bit up and down, but considering that they're rookies, they both played great. I mean, Lucas may actually have played better than Cross. Uh, they have to reward him. And the way the quarterback market is, a lot of people before the season was like, oh, we can't go with we can't go with Geno Smith. And oh my God, Drew Luck didn't prove anything in Denver. We can't go with this guy. We got to sign somebody. We got to sign. We got to get Garoppolo. You know, oh, we got to get uh, we got to get Baker Mayfield or whatever. And it's like, why would you do that? Because in every one of those cases. They're all going to be free agents. You're all facing exactly the same situation as if you had kept Russell Wilson anyway. Like, that's why they let Russell Wilson go, because they didn't want 20% of their cap tied up in a quarterback. So they're not going to have to spend that much money to keep him, to keep Geno. They're going to have to spend him, give him a decent contract for sure. But he deserved it. He absolutely deserves it. And this is, like you said, coming in. This is Geno's team. I mean, these guys, I don't think they would commit any like serious felonies for Geno, but I guarantee you every one of them at least would do a couple of misdemeanors for this guy. Uh, this guy has that locker room. It is not like when Russell was there. And I used to downplay the talk about the divisiveness in the locker room between the team and, and Russ, but it's clear that it's there. I mean, look what's going on in Denver. It's, like, it's the same situation up there now. R.I.P. Uh, <laughs> Does he deserve that? Really? I don't think he deserves that. Um, oh my God! What a what a train wreck that was. Uh, you know, and and all of us have, at Twelfth Man have always said is like we don't wish Russell Wilson ill will at all. It's like I would have been fine if he had just played lights out and won the MVP this year, as long as Denver had a bad record because we want that high draft pick. Like, I don't care what he does this year because trade's done after this draft. So, ball out, dude. He actually finally played well in the last game of the season. But I think that's just to tease him to making them think that he's good. Uh, he's, he's not been that good, and he wasn't that good in the last hmm, season and a half in Seattle. It's like he's doing the same things in Seattle that he's doing in Denver. He's missing receivers over the over the middle. He's out throwing receivers by 10 yards. He was doing that in Seattle last year and a little bit of the year before. So that bad performance, how bad it was, was a surprise, but it's not that surprising that he didn't play well because he really wasn't playing that well in Seattle. And the system was set up for him. And unfortunately, for him unfortunately for him, he thought that, oh, it's all about him. It's like I my compatriot Lee has always said that, uh, you know, he wants to be Aaron Rodgers. And it's like, he's not that quarterback. He never has been that quarterback. But he thinks he is, and he's not. Uh, and we've seen what happens when he tries to be. It's like, they put him in Denver to make him think. I was like, okay, here's, this is the offense he wants. It's like, and he failed miserably. So back to Seattle, because that's the team I care about. Like, yeah, they have to keep Geno, because Geno knows the system plays within the system. The team loves him. It's like, why would you move on from this guy? He's only 32, and he's got uh, – how many miles are on, his, are on the tread on this guy? It's like hard landing, right, because he's been on the bench all this time. Mm-hmm. So Very good uh, he's, he's an extremely young 32 in the NFL, that's for sure. 
and he's he made some great decisions the last few games. He was making some odd choices. Like, yeah, Jalen Ramsey picked him off in the first play, and they're like, oh, why? Why, Gino, why? But other than that, um, there were times when he would force the ball when it looked like he had running lanes open, and this time he ran the ball. So it was good to see him get back into that pattern. So, yeah, they absolutely have to keep Gino, and it's not going to break the bank to keep Gino. And they know, they have reasonable expectations of what he's going to do. Like I, I know C.J. Stroud. Yeah, of course he's going to be great. But you don't know that for a fact. Not, you know, how many quarterbacks have come into the NFL as top five picks, top ten picks, or number one picks, and mm-hmm. they are absolute trash when they come into the NFL? It's still something of a crapshoot. There's, you're not rolling the dice to keep Geno Smith. You can not assume he's going to be good. But you don't know. I mean, like, just so you said, it's a crap. Exactly. You assume he's going to be a good quarterback, but, you know, the the Colts almost assumed Ryan Leaf was going to be a, good, a better quarterback than Manning at one point. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that would exactly have been right. <laughs> you know. I, Jamarcus Russell, and, everyone's favorite whipping boy, right? And it's like, mm-hmm. you just, you don't know for sure. Uh and, and even if they're good, it's like, do you just want a good quarterback? It's like, you've got a really good quarterback. You don't want to just – if, if you're going to pass on Geno, you better know this guy is great. Well, and and they the don't thing. know that. You, San Francisco's proving that if you have a guy who can run the system, they don't need to be great. Exactly right. They had this three is, I mean, quarterbacks this year. <laughs> yeah. And they yeah. went 13 Garoppolo and played well this year. But yeah. they're not playing him. Mr. Irrelevant. And like, yeah, if you've got the right system and you've got the right pieces all around them, and Seattle has a lot of needs, a lot of things they have to address. They don't have to address the quarterback system. All they have to do is throw money at it. They've got the player in place. They can't yeah, throw it, money at the fact that they can't stop the run. They've got to draft people that are going to help them do that, and that's it, what they have to do. It's too much, I feel like, where people people overlook and just say it was a fluke that – you know, uh, Brad Johnson won a title or Joe Flacco won a title, you know, just random things like that. You, you got to realize that if you have a quarterback in the right system with the right, with the right ability, any, it's all you need. And it's, I'm, I'm so glad you said that because so many people with so much stock into, I got to have the best guy in the league or I can't win. It's not true. I, I believe true. Luke said that earlier when he was out ice fishing that quarterbacks are overrated. <laughs> They are, bro. I mean, yeah, and they, they are. are. They are overrated. You know, the very best quarterbacks, they're not overrated. But yeah, I would say Patrick Mahomes few and far is very between, overrated. But, right. But, but how often do you far find mm-hmm. uh, Exactly. Well, Andy Reid and the fucking Chiefs did at, like, the 15th pick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, Andy Reid is something of a mad genius, too. So He's just a um, of our generation. I mean, my God, it's like, have you ever seen a huddle like that? Like, let's play Ring Around the Rosie. And like, oh, <laughs> are you so guys funny. doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Oh, my God. Yeah, it's crazy. It's, it's, and, and it doesn't help, you know, with, you know, just last thing on the Wilson case. I had, I had heard at one point he was calling Seattle Seahawks audibles on accident in the, uh, at the line. And I don't know if that's true or not, but that's like, where's yeah, the Yeah, I heard from? that too. And, and if he was, I think that was just to throw off the defense because surely his teammates would know to ignore it. I mean, I would think that would be just something he threw out there. Because, I, I mean, 
He's not had like 18 <laughs> concussions or something. So he was doing it. I think that was just to throw smoke out there. But, you know, the fact that he has his own quarterback coach, his own personal quarterback coach, which he had in Seattle too, but he has his own office. He has his own office in, in, in the Broncos headquarters. It's like, dude, how can you show that I am not part of the team any better than doing that? Mm-hmm. I'm like, so. Yeah, that doesn't help camaraderie whatsoever. No, I mean, I hope <laughs> he gets his act together because I do like the guy, but uh, and, that's, and he's so corporate. He's like, you, you, all you know is, I mean, you know, how many, they'd won, what, three games, and he's still parroting this stuff. as like, oh, we just got to get this. It's like, dude, you got to tear everything down and rebuild it. You're not just, you don't just have to execute. There's nothing mm-hmm. to execute except the head coach, which they did. Uh, man, we're alive. <laughs> just so, crazy. But he can win next year. I don't care. One uh, one more question I got to ask you before we wrap up because I'm really interested in, and it's it involves somebody that I was really high on and you guys nabbed him late. Obviously, talking about Charles Cross and Abraham Lucas being intricate parts yeah. of that that team as rookies. But to me, it felt like this team's rookie that really did did damage was Tariq Woolen. I am <laughs> oh, yeah. so excited for Tariq Woolen. You have no idea. I I feel this guy. Could could be Richard Sherman to the Seahawks. Is, 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 is are you guys as hyped about this guy as I am, or am I just kind of on my own? He, he, already, he, he already is Richard Sherman. I mean, yeah. with, without w- without the uh, mouth, and I love Richard Sherman, and I love the fact that he was as out there as he was because he could back it up every time. It's like I have no problem <laughs> if if you talk. Smack if you can throw the smack down, and he did. But uh, talk about being an absolute freak. And it's not the fact that what did he run four two six some ridiculous thing like I don't know yeah, three flat in the forty. I mean the guy is ridiculously fast, but his closing speed is what's ridiculous. He's not even in the frame, and you think the guy's open is like oh look there he is. That's what's freaky about this guy. It's not just that he's so fast; it's that he has such amazing closing instincts. As, you know, and people were comparing, and I love the fact that they were t- comparing him to Sauce Gardner, and the two of them talked about it, and they said it's not like we're in competition. It's like all this stuff about oh, them against it's like they're both playing the same position, whatever. Like, which I think is a really mature approach, especially for a couple of rookies, and they're both great. And it's like Gardner got targeted a lot more often. There were so many times when it was like, uh, I don't think. Against the Chiefs, how many times did they did? Speaking of the best quarterback in the game right now, how many times did he target Tariq Woolen? Three times. Like, <laughs> nope. I'm not trying that, dude. It's like I'm Patrick Mahomes doesn't want to throw your way. I think you've established yourself as being a pretty damn good player. And he made and he got one completion for six yards. So yeah, Woolen is ridiculously good guy, and I understand why he fell to the fifth round because he'd only been. You don't need them playing corner for two years, which just sounds ridiculous. Yeah, uh, but he's huge too. Yeah, I mean he's, he's huge. He's fast. Boy. He's quick. He's got good hands. I mean, really good hands. I mean, he was a wide receiver after all. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and the guy's got super good attitude. Super good attitude. It's like, yeah, people are more than a little thrilled with with Tariq Woolen. And you know, next year, hopefully. Uh, Mr. Adams, the president, is back. And 
you know, he was not used well last year. The year before, they employed him correctly. And then last year, for whatever reason, which is why our defensive coordinator <clears throat> is now Clint Hurt, because all of a sudden they felt, oh, let's not blitz anymore, because that was working. So, yeah, whatever, dude. Um, so long to you, Ken Norton, Jr. <laughs> but Adams, he set the record for for uh, sack size safety because he was blitzing a lot. He hardly blitzed the year before. Now, I really think this if they had started out, which is what their plan was, to start it with Adams and Diggs, and unfortunately they didn't start Neil initially. I don't know why, because he turned out to be pro football focus's top-rated safety, top-graded safety in the league, ha-ha. Um, and even Seattle didn't realize that for a few games. But if they had done that, the defense would have been a lot, a lot different. So I think the defense definitely will be uh, a, a lot better than what were they in the league. Um, so with, with new draft talent coming in, and if they have a draft half as good next year as they did this year, uh, that means they'll have three or four big hits, which would be terrific. So yeah, I mean, uh, the defense should be much improved next year. You know, I mean, we we obviously talked about those. We didn't even talk about Minnesota's, you know, our boy from Minnesota, Boye Mafe in there, too. I mean, like, you guys had it. Yeah. Hell of a draft. Yeah, Mafe was just – they really should have been played Mafe more often than he did. I mean, he's played barely at all, and he picked up three sacks, and he really came on towards the end. Uh, he, I think, will be hellacious next year. And, and Daryl Taylor apparently decided that he was going to rush the quarterback the last few games, so – he jumped up from almost having none to second on the team in sacks in just the, like three games. So he may have found himself. So the future, the playoffs, honestly, yeah, if they win, that'd be great. But I really don't expect them to, to beat the Niners because the Niners are, are, I hate to say it, but the Niners are a great team. And the Eagles are really, really good. They were great earlier in this year. And I, they've, to me, they've fallen off to only really good. But there's no way in hell they'd beat both of them. It's just not going to happen this year. But next year, next year is going to be a very different story. And, and having a winning record, again, moving on from two absolute first ballot Hall of Fame players, best quarterback they've ever had, best linebacker they've ever had, move on from both those guys and you improve by two games? It's like nobody, nobody really thought that was going to – well, I guess everybody had – 12th man rising thought that was going to happen, but for the most part, no one outside the channel thought that was going to happen. So, how, how dare you say that about Tavares Jackson? <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't knock him. I think they had Matt Flynn at one point too. Yeah, yeah, Matt Flynn. I, I don't think he played a down though, did he? No, that was the year that they drafted uh, Wilson. Uh, Wilson. <laughs> he, he played a few downs. It's like, and we always got the wrong McGuire too. We didn't get Mark. We got Dan. So <laughs> Mark probably would have been a better quarterback than Dan McGuire. But and had some odd quarterbacks for sure. But yeah, you guys said Seneca Wallace. He was on like eight different teams, I think. And you happened to even got Warren Moon, I think, at one point at the end of his career. <laughs> did, did have Warren Moon towards the end. Like, hey, we had Jerry Rice at the end of his career, so we had a lot of great players. Franco Harris. So. Everybody comes to Seattle to retire, seems like. <laughs> you know, I, I look at this team, like you said, they're, 
they're, you know, rounds one through five, they nailed they're all potentially will or, will or should be starters next year. I mean, yeah, yeah. It, this, this, this team's on the up and up and, you, you know, playoffs are a weird thing. You never know what's going to happen. I, no, you don't. I, I, I think we're going to have a fun weekend and I'm, I'm really excited to do it. And I'm glad we got to talk about the Seahawks team. Cause I think they're one of the most intriguing teams in this whole, in this whole playoff run here. Um, Damn, I thought you were going to end it with in this hole. I was like, what hole? <laughs> the one we're fishing in. <laughs> the one you're fishing in, of course, exactly. I can't believe I said crappy. I meant crappy. I don't know why I said crappy. I've been I've been out of the north too long. <laughs> Todd, plug crappy. everything you got for all of our new listeners that we've, we've accrued over the, the year. And uh, this last time we were, we were talking Seahawks, and just so over they can read all your great content because you have some awesome stuff always to read. Go to 12thmanrising.com, and that is 12thmanrising.com, and except it's 12thmanrising.com for lots of great content. I write occasionally, and everyone else who writes there is much better than me, so there's lots of good stuff to read. I tweet about once every six months, and you can find me on FP, The Unreal Todd. Todd, Todd's a pleasure, man. We'll talk again soon, great man. Great to be back with you guys. We, we, uh, we, I'm going to make sure next time I have that sounder ready, because that's going to be your introduction. <laughs> oh my god that's great that i'll it. be back next week all right you got it you got it <laughs> thanks again tom vandenberg coming on crushing it uh hell of a good interview man you killed me dude <laughs> you killed me i was crying I don't even know why it killed me so bad, but it, I don't know, man. Um, the analogy was so real, you felt it in your bones. <laughs> You're like, Luke is right. So, we got, we're, we're, as we said, we're going to run three strikes, and then we're going to close out with everybody's favorite Uber facts. And this week, I'm, I'm only playing, letting you play, because I'm going to give you an advantage, a, a one-game advantage over our listener pool. Because this year, Luke, it's going to be you versus the field. So okay. your record goes against every. So if we end up having two guests at the same time play, your your record counts against both of theirs. So I'm going to give you a week head start against the field, and uh, we'll we'll see where where you end up. With that being said, but uh, three strikes. I'm going to throw you my list first, Luke. Go uh, for it. Everyone knows we have a we'll give it. We have a top ten list. You have three strikes to nail all ten picks, Luke. As we discussed, Sauce Gardner was unanimous or will unanimously or should be the defensive rookie of the year. I want you to tell me the last 10 defensive rookies of the year. Oh, my God. I'm not going to win this at all. Man, I went easy for you. Did you? I, okay, I will yeah. go easy next year. <laughs> next year? Or, I mean, next week. Next week. <laughs> Shut up, ladies. I don't if just... you can cut off listening to us, I apologize. The rest of the show, the last five minutes or so here, will be uh, on the podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor FM, wherever you wherever you pod your cast, you can find a Sportscast Radio, WrestleCast Radio, Strong Style Media. We're all on there. Uh, don't forget, Friday nights, 10 o'clock, twitch.tv forward slash WrestleCast Radio. Catch our, our my show, The Summit, uh, as we have a lot of wrestling fun. WrestleCast coming to you tomorrow night. And don't forget, Pro Wrestling Tees dot com slash wrestlecast nine t-shirts on the on the board try to give you a little bit of time there it's miles garrett one uh miles garrett uh that is your first strike Jeez, this is gonna be horrible i'm not gonna get one um 
I'm just trying to think who was drafted then. Like, the, I'm having issues just thinking. Do I know who all these people are? Uh, yes, one of them we talked about a couple times during our um, awards segment. I did at least for Defensive Player of the Year. There's your hint. Micah Parsons. Yes, last year number that's one. Um, give you another hint. Uh, he's one of the cornerstones of my defense. Um, in our Madden dynasty. I don't know. You said is who is this? Who? No, he's a he's a front four guy, and he said who is this freak charging me? Well, Chase Young. Chase Young. All right, that's two. Okay, no more hints. You're cheating. Um, I'm gonna go. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like really good defense. Uh, Fred Warner. Uh, that is your second strike. Yeah, see, I don't know. Um, I do you want one more hint? No. Okay. I'm gonna just throw this out. I'm gonna go Jamal Adams. Uh, that is all three strikes for you, sir. I Dang, apologize. That uh, this guy, we unanimously said he was the defensive player of the year this year. Otherwise, Nick Bosa. Yep, 2019, and uh, his brother, Joey Bosa. 2016. Think about guessing them. Uh, 2018, Darius Leonard. 2017, yeah, Marshad Lattimore. I want to got that either. 2015, Marcus Peters. Yeah, I want to got that either. 2014, Aaron Donald. Surprised just that one. I didn't. I didn't. I thought about him, but I thought he was drafted earlier. Okay. 13, Sheldon Richardson. Yeah, I would have never got to that. And either. number 12, Luke Keekley. See, I thought he was like 2010 or something. So oh, gosh. Like, okay. No. All right. Uh, what do you got for me, sir? Mine's super easy. You might not get one of these. <laughs> um, <laughs> what? Who were the top ten most sacked quarterbacks this regular season? Oh, this might not be as easy as you thought. Uh, I'm going to say Joe Burrow. He's number six. Um, Kirk Cousins. He's number three. <laughs> uh, Derek Carr. That is your first strike. Damn. Okay. Um. See, like, there's somebody I want to say, but I but I don't feel like he played enough. I'm gonna say it anyway. Kyler Murray. That is your second strike. Yeah. Damn. See, this is an easy, easy as I thought. Uh, Jared Goff. That is your third strike. Damn, I got the same score as you did. <laughs> so uh, number one was Russell Wilson. Number two was Justin Fields. Number three was Geno Smith. Number four was Daniel Jones. Number five was Matt Ryan. Number six was Justin Herbert. Uh, I was going to say Herbert, too. Jalen Hurts. And then the one I didn't think you would get was last, and that was Baker Mayfield. I didn't think you'd guess him because he didn't play enough, but he was the yeah. most sacked quarterback. God, I didn't think any of those runners would have gotten sacked that many times. I was surprised about the um, the Jalen Hurts one and the Justin Fields one, just because they run so much. I thought Justin would be on there, just not tied for first. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. So, um, last thing to close out the show, Luke. This is your this is you versus the world, essentially. Uber facts. The most unimportant things you'll never need to know. Never so, need to know. Point is, everyone knows Uber facts. I will give you four facts. You have to be the sleuth, like I was with Todd, and call it in, and tell me what fact I 
just completely made up or anything. Which fact isn't true? Number one, are you ready, Luke? I'm ready. When Apple was buying rural land to build its North Carolina data center, one family refused to sell sell a one-acre plot they had purchased for 6 k After rejecting every offer, Apple told them the name of price. They sold that plot for $1.7 million. Number two, in Germany, escaping prison is not punishable punishable by law. The desire to escape is considered humane nature, and inmates will not be punished if they successfully do so. Number three, 69 Earths can fit inside of Uranus. And number four, the depiction of the mafia on The Sopranos was so accurate that real members thought they were being spied on. The FBI heard their conversations about the show via wiretaps. That sucks. Can I hear the... Earth, the number for the Earth one one more time? 69. 69. The question, if you're sniffing that one, is, is did, I, did I make that up or is that that's just so I'm, egregious that, I couldn't No, that's that what up. I'm thinking because it's Uranus and 69. So I'm like, uh, I don't think it's the first one because I can see Apple actually doing that. Now, the question is, is did they pay more for it? That's what I'm thinking about. Um, I'm gonna, I'm actually going to go with the Earth one, because I feel like you would have done, like, 69 with your anus. <laughs> um, uh, Luke, uh, you can fit mass amount of Earth inside of your anus, so that is a true, true fact. Damn. But the difference is, I gave you a layup and you figured it out. It's actually 63, not 69. Oh, <laughs> I was so, right, baby! <laughs> I, in my head, I was going, he's going to balk on this because it's so obvious that I would make this up. That I, I was like, he might he might slip on this. I, I, I was overthinking it for a second. I was like, ah. <laughs> That was my whole point. Is like, how, like, I'm going to try to make you overthink this. and you almost, It almost worked. It did. I almost went with the Apple one, but then I was like, Apple would do something like that. (laughs) (laughs) I almost changed Germany to a different country, too. Germany. um, Next week, we will be back. Wednesday, 8 p.m., we're going to keep this time slot secure for Sportscast. I appreciate all the retweets and love, the the hundreds of of hits uh, earlier today. Glad that we're starting off on the right direction this year with our NFL coverage because we have so much excitement bringing it to everybody. As always, get ready, too, because as draft season kicks off, we will be going into high gear. Luke, you know we got to bring everyone back come end of April to do the live on-air mock that we all so love to do where we get tons of guests. We, last year was so wild because we had like 20 guests call in, and then, we, and then the four of us just ended up doing our own again. Yeah, uh, it was like us, Dolphins Travis Knighton, right? and uh, Paul Pickens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, "Fuck it, you guys want to do a draft? Okay, well, we did another draft." <laughs> Man, I secretly hope the Dolphins beat the Bills that way we can have Paul Pickens back. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe we should have called him. But yeah, let's we're, be we're, honest, guys. Dolphins aren't going to win. All right, calm down. No. So, not sure on who is going to come in. We we may just grab three of the six winners next week. 
Uh, we'll we'll figure it out. But we're uh, I, I will say the the only person that I know for sure, uh, Jeffrey Knox is coming on from the inside the Eagles, uh, talking Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, he's been somebody that we've been trying to connect with for a few years, and miscommunications happened, and he reached out and was like, "Oh my God, I don't know how I've missed these. Please accept my apology." And I was like, "Dude, it's totally cool, man." Uh, he said he's all in. So uh, next week we will have Jeffrey Knox on. And then uh, have another couple teams. Maybe we'll do four. Maybe we'll do three. We'll see what we decide we want to do. Uh, come back. We'll have some more three strikes and other Uber facts. And I'm sure there's other lists we're going to come up with and make and talk some football with you guys. Maybe we just, just talk the games, too. We'll see what happens. But, Luke, pleasure having you on. Pleasure doing this with you again. And I think we had a great, great kickoff to the season, if you will. I agree. With that being said, uh, Canelo Alvarez will sign all y'all out. Yeah, 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 more than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.